Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, 24-7 North Texas Sports Podcast. We got um, a banger, we got a banger today. Oh, we have so much <laughs> to talk about today. Uh, whether you're listening to the podcast, um, watching live on Twitch, or watching a replay, or however you're consuming this, we thank you for being here. Um, I'm sure a lot of y'all were at the game last night, um, but if you weren't, we'll cover you, we'll let you know everything that happened um it was pretty insane but uh so i'm i'm matthew bruni your host and this is colin mitchell and (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna break down everything in this podcast today so i like um, like your play on words there oh well thank you (laughs) good break break down is set a lot on this podcast so all right so let's get started the first tab we have is oh my god you and oh my god north texas yes and I just think that it's so appropriate for what we saw yesterday because I was in awe throughout the contest, Man. and I just couldn't believe what we saw. To, to give everyone just a quick overview of what happened, North Texas jumped out basically through three quarters. They led 36-0, to end up winning the game against SMU 46-23, to and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. It was a record-setting crowd in attendance, 29,519, most ever um, in the history of North Texas. And, yep. I mean, there's – you, you take it away because okay, so, it was amazing. So I just want to – I just want a disclaimer. Our predictions last week. Okay. All right, let's get in that first. So, so what was your prediction? My prediction Go ahead. was 35-17. 40, 40, 46-23, I think that's, that's a pretty good proportion for what, for, what, for what I picked. See, you were more right, though, going into the fourth quarter than by the end of it. Because by the end of it, I had 45-35. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was... To, to go off of what we talked about last closer. week, to go off what we talked about last week, the things that I saw that happened is that there was no passing <laughs> offense for... Um, sorry. You get this pin in my face. There's no, all there's time. no, there's no, there's no, there was no passing offense by SMU, and th- I mean them, them losing Cortland Sutton and Trey Quinn was completely just sh- yeah. shown how much they missed them it was. at SMU. And, and I th- go ahead. And and Ben Hicks, I think uh, we talked about this too. He, I don't think he's anything special, and we also saw it because it was just the same thing. He's yeah. going to the same people, and it was just every time. Yeah, you've been on that train for a while. That <laughs> saying that Ben Hicks is, is not special. So I was just. Thinking the whole time, man, Colin's got more ammunition for this. <laughs> I, I, I didn't make any rash statements like that, but I mean, you end up being right, so good for you. So <laughs> good for me. <laughs> okay. The game early on, I think, really just set the tone right from the jump because North Texas came out and scored. Yep. Pretty easily. Yep. Um, Jalen Guyton touchdown pass right off the bat, and they kind of they didn't have a run game going initially at all, but. The Mason Fine, right off the bat, you could tell he was on. You could tell that, oh, they, yeah. that they could move the ball against this defense. But what surprised me was that SMU couldn't move the ball at all against this North Texas defense. They couldn't. They coming into the game, they were supposed to be able to run the ball. They have good running backs, and they were supposed to. They at least have James Prochet on the outside as a yeah. receiver who supposed to be able to do something. And he got shut down. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. He ended up with two catches for 77 yards and a touchdown. Touchdown was in garbage time. All their touchdowns were in garbage time. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, and then you pair Ben Hicks with the quarterback, um, with the coach Sonny Dykes, who is supposed to be an offensive-minded coach. Not, yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna say mastermind, but he's supposed to be an offensive-minded coach, kind of yeah. like Seth. And it looked bad for oh, the yeah. entire first three quarters. They had six 
six of their first eight drives were three and outs. One one of the other one one of the other two was a pick six, which we'll get to in a minute, and then another one was a six play drive that ended up in a punt. One one thing too, I mean, I remember on the when I was on the field just looking up at the, the stat board. You want to say yeah. it said North Texas thirty one first downs, SMU one. Yeah, that and that was on their first drive. Literally after three quarters, I think, or somewhere, at some point it was like four hundred fifty yards of total offense for North Texas. To 46 yards of yeah. total offense for SMU. It was staggering. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I was waiting for SMU to start playing and start actually making this defense work because it felt like it was too easy for the corners. It was, felt like it was too easy for the defense line to, to plug the holes of the run game, and I, it never changed and at all. And one thing, too, is, I mean, I don't think anyone thought that – I didn't think that this was going to be as crazy – of an offensive game from North Texas. I thought it was going to be like any other game. The defense would be, like we talked about last week, average. Yeah. It would be just enough yeah. to, to do to do what we thought it needed to. But the defense was super impressive. And yeah. um, we're going to get to this later too. But is we do, I wonder if this will stay throughout the season because SMU, they do have a new coach. It yeah. is, they did lose a lot of weapons. But, man, that was just very convincing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so kind of go – Let's let's go into our full deep dive this okay. game analysis, and I think we could start. Let's start at Mason Fine, the quarterback. Um, like I said, he got going early. Yep. He finished the game forty of fifty, forty of fifty <laughs> passing, so eighty percent completion. That's um, so crazy. For four hundred forty-four yards, three touchdowns, and only two sacks. the The crazy thing is, um, his long for the day was only twenty-nine yards. So I mean, he only averaged I think eight. It was like it was like nine yards yeah, per pass. Or nine nine like. yards um, or something like that. Yeah, an, an attempt. Yeah, and so when you see the longest pass is twenty nine yards, and he did have a couple of those heaves. Did you see the one um, where he threw it to the guy and it hit him in the chest, and the SMU safety basically dropped it completely? It was yeah, yeah. early on. Yeah, and that, that felt that, like a momentum swinger right there that they survived that and they I think he ends up getting the third the first down on the next play yep. or and something I, like that. And I also remember another another point too on that uh that uh Kelvin Smith touchdown that was called back. Yeah. Mason scored on the next play. I know. It was it was every single pass was calculated. It looked pinpoint. It was there was no luck. It Mason just looked I was out there and yeah. his receivers were just out there doing I mean, yeah, like everything I, the right way. Yeah, besides the one that should have been picked, I mean, I had no other qualms at all with with Mason's no. game. I mean, the only the only issues I had was the fact that Graham Harrell, the offensive coordinator, and Seth they they had a couple designed runs for him, and there were a couple um, option plays that yeah. he had and that he kept and stuff, and he took a couple hits on those, and I didn't really like that at all. Yeah. I don't like seeing Mason, Mason get Bryant, hit. Mason yeah. take hit. Yeah, but it kind of worked because they kept doing them, and at, I mean by the second half he was handing it off every time, but they still had to account for Mason. Yeah, and and I think it's it's important that they do do that because if you're throwing if you have a quarterback throwing fifty passes and if this is becomes continues to become a trend yeah. throughout the season, you have to keep the defense you know yeah. keep them on their toes because otherwise it's just going to be. Everyone just predicting the pass. Yeah. The thing is, though, that they did have, I think they ended up having like 92, 93, somewhere in the 90s plays, uh, play-wise, um, in the amount of plays. And then SMU had 43 plays, too. So, I mean, so you take into account that. And then Mason had 50 passes, but you, they still had, you know, 40-something runs. So 
it felt like Mason was doing all the work offensively, but they were still running the ball yeah. at a pretty high rate as far as just handoffs go, just pure yeah. attempts go. Yards, not so much. But. Yards leads into our next thing. Yeah. The running game was not potent at all no. in the first game uh, without Jeffrey Wilson, but a large part of that was because SMU came to this game trying to stop the run. They had a concerted effort to try to stop the run, with Seth, which Seth mentioned um, earlier in the week. And you could tell because they bit on so many play fakes. Every time. Every and time. And just yeah. that's what opened the game up for Mason pretty much. Yeah, and um, what's what's weird to me too about that is that when we talked about this last week too, when the when the backs, they, they're not able to you know break through uh, linebackers or anything, but whenever they were in the open field, I mean – you got you got ten eleven yards. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean I, th- I think they do hit the hit the hole really well. Uh, we're talking about Lauren Easley yep. and Nick and Nick Smith. They Lauren Easley had twelve carries. Nick Smith had seventeen ten carries. Uh, Quinn Shambor had two carries. DeAndre Torrey Quinny. had two <laughs> carries as well. We got a Quinn appearance there. So I mean, you can never be upset. Well, it was with honestly that. surprising because we uh, North was, Texas didn't take him out at all last season. I wasn't surprised. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember exactly last season, but I was surprised they didn't take him out earlier when they were up 36-0. Oh, yeah. I was super surprised about that. I was like, put Quinn in the game already. What, <laughs> what is this? Quinn can run an offense. Yeah. Quinn can move the chains a little bit. Um, but that's re- regardless, um, Lauren Easley and Nick Smith, kind of, there weren't a lot of holes for them to find until the second half when they yeah. kind of got going a little bit more. But even then, they hit the holes hard. They make a cut. They can get extra yards every now and then, but they're not... They, they just don't have the breakaway no. ability that Jeffrey Wilson had. I, I think I think for Nick Smith especially, it takes him a second to get going. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff was kind of like, I mean, he had the Jets. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I think I think I don't, we'll talk about this later in our something or nothing section. But I I think that the run game will be okay mm-hmm. this this season. Um, only because you're keeping the backs fresh with the three back rotation. I think that's big too. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, we um. The, the real question is, I mean, we don't have to talk about this right now in full depth, but how good does this run game need to be in order for Mason Fine to keep having these kind of type of performances right. and until defenses kind of just start saying, you know, run the ball on us. We're going to make you run the ball exactly. 50 times against us or 40 times against us to have success. We're going to try to limit whatever Mason can do. But, I mean, that kind of gets into the next part of the offense is the receivers is – Man. Even if you make Mason Fine yeah. pass only 30 times against you, the receivers they have, I mean, can torch you, and they can go for big yeah. plays I mean, at any moment. It seemed like every single time there was a, not one of Mason's passes had to be forced, I don't think, except for I, I remember one, and that was Jalen Guyton on a slant, and he mm-hmm. caught the ball anyways with yeah. the guy on his back. Yeah. Um, and that just goes to show, I mean, the receiving core North Texas has is just above and beyond yeah, Conference were, USA right now. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it already. They were ranked sixth in the country yep. by Bleach Report um, going into the season. And that's and, all of college football. That's not yeah, just... Yeah, in, in all of college football. Yeah. And so once we saw that, and then once I heard from Mason himself how good Jalen Darden had gotten over the offseason, how good Jalen Guyton had gone over the, over the offseason... Rico Bussey had gotten better, but Rico Bussey was already good last year. It felt like it feels like of all players, I think Rico Bussey has taken the biggest step forward because yeah. I feel like physically he's bigger than he was. Like he, you he, can actually see it. Yeah, you, it's, everyone, it's, a, it's a noticeable yeah, difference. Everyone of how, says they've gotten bigger, and they have. Everybody in college football obviously works out and gets bigger going into the, yeah. another season. 
but I don't know why Rico Busty just feels like he's Jalen Guyton 2.0. Rico, right Rico looks like he looks like a monster now. Yeah. I Before he kind of looked like just like a I'm receiver, like, but now he looks like I mean he looks like he's just gonna like last year he didn't look yeah. like Jalen Guyton. No. Jalen Guyton no. looked like a, an, a Notre Dame receiver. Yeah. Now Rico Busty kind of looks. Rico's like, looking a little bit more Notre Dame. Yeah. He looks <laughs> like he's a legit guy. Um, so you had Rico going for nine catches, 109 yards, no touchdowns. Jalen Guyton going for seven catches, 95 yards, two touchdowns. And Jalen Darden going for six catches for 81 yards. And let's also add Kelvin Smith, who I did write a feature on recently. Very well-timed. He had five catches for 38 yards. And almost a touchdown. <laughs> should have been. Should have had a touchdown <laughs> if Rico Bussy doesn't cover, cover him up, but whatever. Um... But yeah, I think the receiving core is just too good to where the point is is even if the offensive line stays at where it is right now, which is kind of below average, um, I think they're going to be okay because they have so many weapons. We have we didn't even mention Michael Michael Lawrence who had one catch. Yeah, and they didn't need he, him. He can, yeah, exactly. It, I mean, it, he. I kind of said coming into the year, I don't know if I said it on, this podcast, it on the podcast or if I said it to anybody. I might have just said it to myself, but. I kind of knew, or I definitely knew, that Jalen Darden was going to take a step up and was going to be better and get more catches than Michael Lawrence coming in this year, which is a big statement because Michael Lawrence led the team in receptions last year. Yeah. But Jalen Darden's upside is just so much better, I feel like. I mean, Michael Lawrence is obviously really good and can play at this level. Yeah, he's, absolutely. I mean, he proved last year what he can do. I don't need to say anything about what he can do. But Jalen Darden's explosiveness, I think, can just take yeah. Just he's, add he's, another. He's just elusive. I mean, yeah. God, he's yeah, he's so good. Yeah. And then Kelvin Smith, I wrote it in my feature, so yeah. versatile. Yeah. He moved around everywhere on the play. He scored the touchdown that wasn't the, that got called back. Beautiful play fake. Everyone got um, me. I was yeah. on the field. It got the, me. <laughs> the off the line zone, pretty much. Just everyone pushed to the right. He Mason Vi pulls it out. And he walked it in. Somehow, <laughs> Smith sells the block and slips between like Chumley basically, and is wide open. And they just threw him the ball. And I mean, I wrote about that in the ten takeaways story that mm-hmm. I just wrote. I mean, the offense creativity, creativity wise, just looks like they're on another level than they were last year, which is yeah, extremely exciting to me. To yeah, watch. and and for a lot of people who may have thought that this would be a down year. So far, everything's firing on all cylinders. So yeah, uh, I mean, again, SMU's defense and lack of offense. SMU's defense, okay, yes, lack of offense obviously kept giving North Texas kind of good field position. They yeah. never put them in a p- predicament. But North Texas did have two ninety-plus yard drives that yeah, game. Yeah, a ninety-five yard uh, one led to a field goal, and then another one. Yeah, I and the thing is, like we said, the longest pass of the game, twenty-two yards. Play of the game was twenty-nine yards. Twenty-nine yards. Okay. So I mean. They're yeah. doing this. They were just doing this over and over yep. and over. Like they would consistently get to SMU could get them to third down because again North Texas couldn't run the ball, so they'd run the yeah. ball and it's basically a wasted down pretty much. I don't even think I mentioned, but they pretty much the run game finished with 29 carries easily and Smith finished 29 carries for 62 yards. That's not good. No, but <laughs> SMU kept getting North Texas into third and kind of in between third and fives and third and sevens and stuff and mason fine kept pulling the damn rabbit out of the hat and, and just making a play yeah yeah he just makes plays dude it's it's amazing <laughs> i can't i can't describe it. he just looks so poised smart surgical whatever you want to yeah. say yeah i mean when he's not getting hit 
I mean, even when he does get hit, he's fine. He's literally, I just don't like seeing him get hit. So that's yeah, why I say scary. <laughs> when he doesn't get hit, I have I don't see a weakness in his game. No. Um, as far as passing goes, besides how tall he is. Yeah, so. I agree, I agree. Um, one thing, though, that obviously helped is defense. Yeah. Uh, too many times last year, we definitely saw third and whatever. Doesn't doesn't matter what the yardage yeah. was. It was just next play would always be a first down yep. every single time. Um, so I think it was really, really important to keep not only uh, SMU off the field, which yes, the defense course. did, but they also kept that time of possession really low on SMU. I mean, 44 minutes to 15 minutes, and that's going to keep the defense fresh. Yeah. And SMU's defense was just getting just mauled. There was, so, And you could tell as the game opened up, like we mentioned, the run game kind of opened up for North Texas, but the SMU defense is kind of more so what opened up, um, not only because they had to account for the pass game more so, yeah. But the the offensive line finally kind of started getting a little bit of a push up front. They yeah, they were getting started, tired. Yeah, they started they started to get yeah. Um, and all the offensive linemen say it's easier to run block than pass block because you're actually going at someone instead of waiting for them. So, I mean, that was kind of promising promising to me. But as far as an offensive line goes, I have a very um, I don't have a bone to pick, but there's. There was something really weird that went on yesterday. I'm not sure if everyone noticed it um, watching the game because they didn't, especially if you don't look at the depth chart ahead of time, Yeah. what it's supposed to be, and then when you look at the game and it's different, that's not normal. So usually there's an injury or there's some a circumstance, but the offensive line going into the game was um, did not have Jordan Murray in the starting lineup. Yeah. Once the game started, Jordan Murray started at left tackle, and I was told that that was basically a game-time decision. That's for whatever really, reason. That's really weird to me. Yeah, no, no I think so too. They, yeah. they, go ahead. Very first play, I was like, "Is that Jordan Murray?" I was, yeah. I was like, "Wow." And, I had no clue. And it's super weird. I know you mentioned this in, in a couple tweets too. Is they went through camp with a completely different left yeah, tackle. Alex Wordworth um, yeah. played left tackle, um, and they basically had a front five who they used for the entire camp. Yeah. Every time the media talked to them. That was the five that they had on the depth chart on Tuesday. That was the five that they had. Yeah, and there was no controversy. I mean, that was set. I hadn't heard it about it. Any, yeah. I haven't heard about anything. And all of a sudden, game um, day of the game, they wake up and they're like, hey, "Let's throw Jordan Murray out there." And I don't think Jordan Murray was very good, um, but I don't think the whole offensive line as it's, a unit was was, was good. very good. Yeah. Um, to be fair, SMU tried plugging the run, and at times when they did hit Mason, they brought a ton of pressure. Yeah. But I mean, I don't. I wasn't too impressed. I wasn't too impressed um, by the offensive line on that front. Um, SMU's offense. If you, you, what what were your thoughts on on them <laughs> overall? Because we well, only saw them for about forty three plays. <laughs> so on to this put, whole game, to put this into perspective, I think through the first half, Ben Hicks had three completed passes, three of ten, with an interception and twenty three yards. Yeah, and it was more of a North Texas defense shutting them down than it was Ben Hicks like, yeah. messing up. I mean, there, no one was open. Yeah, I mean, it's not I, like the receivers were dropping balls. No, or, I mean, yeah, there, it was, there was just nothing there for Ben Hicks to do, and mm-hmm. the running game was just dead. And the off, the defensive line really impressed me yesterday. Yeah, I, I think agree. that might just be in contrast to last year. But, Hambone, Roger yeah. Young, and Tuolo. I mean, on every play, you saw pressure on Ben Hicks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's super important. I know we mentioned this last podcast, too, is when you put pressure on the quarterback, it keeps him honest. He can't sit in the pocket for yeah. seven seconds. For you sure. know what I mean? So 
um, make keeping Ben Hicks honest and having to throw throw the ball away or something like that instead of just holding it, waiting for someone to get open on a play, um, was really important. Yeah. Um, Brandon Garner had two sacks, right? Brandon Garner had one. EJ Jaya had two. Two. Okay. Yeah. And the linebackers are awesome. The linebackers are awesome. We're, that we're can just, get, that. Yeah, we can keep going. We can go to the defensive side of North Texas now. Um, let's start with the defensive line, like you mentioned, uh, Roderick Young. Um, Hambone, Tuolo are the starting three up front. Um, Bre- uh, Bryce English got some snaps as well. I saw him in there. I didn't. I didn't see him make any significant play, but it's important for him to get out. There, I mean, though. yeah, he, he yeah. got out there and he first adds snap in three the, years. He adds to the so. depth that they have. So, I mean, they got a push. I thought they did a really good job. Um, of they're not really pass rushers. Hambone's a pass rusher, kind of more so. But Roderick Young and Tuolo are both. Excuse me if I'm saying that wrong. Also, I can never say his name right. <laughs> Tuolo, I, I don't know. TJ, I'll call him TJ. No, right, there we go. Whatever. Um, and TJ, they're wider guys. They're more run-stopping guys, I feel like. Um, but, I mean, I think the pass rush is the main thing. And it didn't even come from the guy who I predicted to get the sacks. I no, predicted yeah. Jojo Azogwu to get a sack or two. And they um, he pressured the quarterback, but a lot of times they kind of used him as disguise, and then they would bring EJ and Brandon off the other side, or they yep. would... They just did a magnificent job, and um, th- that's really a testament to Troy Ruffitt and the defense coordinator and his kind of ability and how far he's come. Over, just over the last two years, I think, yeah. he's improved as a defensive coordinator. Obviously, he has more depth but to work with, but and senior linebackers, like we mentioned, too, were just that's tremendous. That's important. That's super important. Their experience I'm, is just... I mean, yeah. when you have that experience in, in, in with your linebackers, I mean... Yeah, there's not EJ, there's not a whole lot you can mess up. Yeah, and EJ is pretty much the best player on this defense. Um, I think pretty obviously. Yeah. Right now, um, and Brandon Garner, as of yesterday, looked like he was the second best player on this defense. Yeah. Um, I know. Um, Roderick Young has his moments too, and I think he did great. But um, kind of going to the secondary, as well, um, kind of. We can get to the pick six, I guess, because it yeah. happened so early in the game. I was super surprised. It was the second touchdown of the game, and it was just a, it was just another example of Ben Hicks kind of just being a step slow, and North yeah. Texas defense just being a step quick. And the difference between the two was, <laughs> was just a cr- so, unbelievable, so obvious to where Ben Hicks fakes the handoff. Pulls it out. Just, it's a design play, yeah, obviously. And he, and he just and he throws it, but he doesn't throw it like. Shoom, he doesn't sling it over no, there as fast I mean, as you need to be. Yeah, exactly. And Kimon Hall, like I said, jumped the route and just, just a quick, yeah, just, just went. It just it was gone. Yeah, the secondary yeah. was just a step quick the whole night um, on these SMU receivers. He jumps the the route um, on a pass that's going to James Prochet and pretty much um, just takes it to the whole to the house. Um, he kind of he said in the post game he said uh, he knew he knew if he ran that route he was going to get it and so he just quote unquote. Cuffed it and cuffed it and ran. And he's he's a country voice, so read that. <laughs> there in his, you go. <laughs> say that in his voice. Uh, he cuffed it and ran. So yeah, it was it was um it was a fun press conference after the game. Also, that was uh, yeah, it had to have been I obviously. Mean, I mean, yeah. Seth came, Seth came in there. Seth tweeted, by the way, for like uh, I didn't even see it. It, it said light the tower. Oh, I, all I did caps. See that. I did all see caps. That. I did see that. <laughs> um, going back to the defense, secondary also super impressive. But um, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. Because, like I said, you don't have Quentin Sutton. You don't have Trey Quinn. You I agree. don't have, again, a stellar quarterback. <laughs> I agree. And uh, 
I think it's an improvement, obviously, than last year. But it's, uh, and I think it's also important that you have a game like this, even if it is against a team that might not have the best pass offense in the world, because it gives it gives the it gives the defense confidence that they didn't have last year against yeah. the passing. And the thing is, this isn't against Incarnate Word, who we're going to get to later in the show. Um, this is against SMU, and this actual, is against a Division One team, yeah. team, yeah, who should have been able to come in this game and play and compete with North Texas. North Texas was only four and a half point favorites. Um, there's a so to blow them out and to make this offense of SMU look like a uh, like a peewee team just it looks it looked was, like they did before four years ago when they went one and eleven so <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah um so we that's there's our game analysis pretty much s sm who is the next tab on on your screen and we kind of touched on it already but I kind of want to go a little bit more in depth yeah. because. They were non-existent. Through the first three quarters, um, in the press box, I was sitting next to SMU people from 24-7 or the student, and the student paper. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> and they couldn't really believe what they were seeing at all. And uh, they were, at halftime, somebody asked uh, one of the guys, he's like, hey, do you need anything? He's like, he was going to go get drinks or something. Yeah. And he's like, and he turned and like somberly said like, I mean, we could use some points <laughs> or some touchdowns or something. Oh, no. Just something to just write something, about. Yeah. And, I mean, that pretty much has to encompass the feeling of all those SMU fans that were there yeah. um, yesterday. It was it was an abysmal showing. Uh, I think that's a great word for it. Yes. Abysmal. Uh, 23 points. Um, all of them came after the nine-minute mark or, like, the nine-and-a-half-minute mark of the After Mason came quarter, out. Once Mason came out. Yep. And even then, they were all big plays, and they were just kind of like. And it was against the second and third string yeah, defense. Yeah, se- second string. So it was like a mixture of in there. I mean, that twenty-three is not indicative of what actually happened last no, night. No, no, no. Um, it, the, it was, this score is not as close as it was no. last night. Forty, forty. If it was like 46 just put a to zero 10. where that twenty-three is. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, forty-six um, to seven, maybe. I mean, but yeah, I don't we, think we can we can say whatever. Forty. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But. uh... Yeah, they did not show up for this game, um, and I don't know. It's weird, though, because we've seen, like, for instance, Herm Edwards start, started his tenure at uh, Arizona State last right. night against UTSA. Granted, it's a Pac-12 school going against UTSA, who's not as good as they were last year, and it's at home. I believe they were at home. They weren't in the Dome. They might have been in the Dome. I'm not sure. Somebody fact-checked me. Um, yeah, I don't know. But, ba- I mean... Arizona State went out there and destroyed UTSA. Wrecked UTSA. I mean, FAU. Some, oh, but that's against OU, so. Yeah, FAU. We're not going to talk that game. OU. That was. <laughs> if anyone watched that game. See what Lane Kiffin said? Good Lord. No, I didn't. He's like, it. I don't know if there's a better team in college football after what they just did to us. <laughs> poor, poor Lane. <laughs> poor Kiffin, Lane. Man. Lane train was stopped. North Texas is about to get all of the weekly awards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because. I mean, UTSA got wrecked, FAU got wrecked, Old, Old Dominion got wrecked. I mean, you, not a great week for Conference USA <laughs> no. football. Strength of schedule might be plummeting down just just a little bit after after this week, but it's only week one. So, but anyways, like I was saying, Arizona State came out and kicked the doors off of UTSA. Yeah, that's a new coaching staff too. We've seen several times where a new coaching staff doesn't mean that you have to play terrible your first game. No. I mean, no, we've seen not. teams lose NFL players and still not have as bad as a game that they had last right. night. So finding the balance of what was North Texas and what was SMU 
is really hard, but Ben Hicks, I think, got exposed more than anyone else because if he doesn't have a run game and he doesn't have two unfilled receivers, I think that his stock just will go straight down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that was proved more than anything else because I'm not going to – I think that was more prominent than the North Texas defense. I think Ben I Hicks – Ben Hicks just – Being unable just, to perform yeah. just was the story pretty much for SMU. And that kind of sound – that's unfortunate to say for them because they're going to be really relying on their run game as far yep. as this rest of the season goes. And also, do you know who what their upcoming schedule is? I know they play TCU next week. TCU next week. That's going to be rough. Michigan the next week. Oh, no. So we're talking we're talking 0 and 3. And Michigan Michigan has Michigan is a defensive team. Michigan that, will gosh, they will destroy them. Oh. Um, over under 5 pick 6. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> I'm God. just kidding. I'm just kidding. Jesus. <laughs> um I'm not going to remember who the fourth game was, but then they have Houston Baptist the fifth game and the sixth game they have uh UCF. So uh, SMU could definitely go 0 and 5 to start the season. Or like 1 and 5 or something like that. I don't remember who the fourth game was. It was a it was a decent team. I'm not gonna remember who it was. I really don't feel like looking it up. Somebody, somebody type in the chat. Yeah, in the chat. <laughs> in chat. the chat. Chat, chat please. Uh, but no, they, there's a real possibility they go one and five to start the year, because not even because they're that bad, but just because their schedule is actually so, brutal. So they yeah. really needed to win this game. Yeah, they needed uh, it. And just to who knows yeah. what their confidence is going. I mean, especially going into the, into a game against TCU. That's just gonna be tough. <sighs> TCU then Michigan. Not, it's not looking good for the ponies down there in uh, in Dallas. No, all. no. So, kind of go. We touched on everything throughout the game. Um, one thing. No, we we did talk about the pick six. Um, kind of. Let's go into our top performers now. Okay. Unless there's anything else, so the specifics of the game you want to talk about. No. Um. Oh, do we need to talk about? Do we have a tab on that? Um, I don't think we have a tab on it. Actually, well, I'll talk. I'll talk about top performers. Let's okay, go. okay, okay. All right, top performers time. Let's do what? Let's three? do the obvious first. Let's all do the obvious first. Okay. Mason Fine, best okay. player on the field Mason last night. Mason Fine looked like the best player, probably playing in the state of Texas last night. Man, no, I'm trying to think. TCU play whatever. He looked amazing. Yeah, we talked about it at length. Forty for fifty passing. Four and, uh, how many yards? Four hundred and forty-four. It was a career high for him. Yeah, which and we'll get into. Two, two, two. I forgot. I forgot the person's name. I apologize to the person who asked if he was gonna have forty-five hundred yards passing this season. He's definitely on track. He's, he's on, on track. track. <laughs> he, he might do it in ten games. He, <laughs> yeah, regular season forty-five hundred yards. No, but man, he just that there aren't enough adjectives to use how good Mason looked uh, last night. No, um, and I kind of predicted it. In the preview, I wrote in the preview that I kind of expected the chemistry between him and the receivers to jump, like, not waste any time. I oh, knew yeah, of course. And kind of what I expected in the preview, I'm not sure if I wrote it verbatim in the preview, but I expected North Texas to jump on SMU, whether that's 14-0, 21-7, whatever. Because offensively, I knew that they were going to be a step ahead of SMU's defense. Right. But, um, again, the defense of North Texas and the inability of Hicks to do anything is the real... Um, I think that's that's the real surprising factor for me. I agree. Going into that, so Mason is definitely a top performer. We agree on that. Go yes, absolutely. One hundred percent. Who else do you got? Rico Bussy. Okay. Rico Bussy, like he, I said, nine catches, one hundred nine yards. Yeah, he's. We talked about this earlier. He's just a monster now. I mean, 
Jalen Guyton and him lining both of them can line up on the outside and just destroy yeah. a defense. And uh, I mean, we saw that today. I mean, yes, last night. Sorry. I mean, yeah. nine catches, one hundred nine yards, no touchdowns though. But I mean, he was he was dynamic for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my my next um top performer is gonna be EJ Agia. Let's do three, three each. Three, okay. All right, let's do three. I'm gonna do EJ Agia. Uh, not because he surprised me at all, but because he basically confirmed that he is a force on this defense, and he confirmed that he has the ability to control the field when he's on it, on both sides, whether it's pass rush, um, run stopping, pass coverage. He showed it all to me last night, and I'm excited to see what he can do. Absolutely. No, yeah, I completely agree. Um, my number two, I guess. Um, yeah. No, Brent, no, you're number three. Three. Sorry. You did, you did sorry, Mason I forgot. We switched. Okay. Come on now. Uh, Brandon Garner. Okay. So other linebacker, um, every time he's he was there. Uh, if you even got assisted tackle, I mean they'd run the ball. He was always there. Um, he had that sack. Um, I also, I mean, he got a couple quarterback hits. He did. And I mean, Ben Hicks he's got putting, tagged. He's, he's putting he's putting pressure. Ben uh, so, Hicks got tagged a couple times. Yeah. Last so night, man. so Brandon Garner and EJG, both of them obviously go hand in hand. For both sure. forces on this team for sure. Um, Can I add a fourth? No, you can't. Because I'm probably gonna say him Damn as my it. third. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, my third is kicker Cole Headland. Yeah, I figured you were probably going to say that. I don't know why you didn't. I mean, he was definitely a top performer last night. Four for four on field goals. All the questions, I wrote about it in the 10 takeaways. All the questions we had about the kicker spot are answered. Absolutely answered. Not officially, but, I mean, they're for all intents and purposes. They're pretty damn answered. I mean, yeah. four for four with an 18-yarder, 40-yarder, 41, 41, and 51. And a 51, which I didn't even get to see because I was walking down to the damn field. The 51 the game. confirmed that kicker position is going to be okay. Yeah, um, I didn't know if he had a leg for that, honestly. I No one did. Because, I mean, I mean, even uh, I, I think that's... Trevor Moore, I think, only ever hit a 53-yarder in his career here. For I sure. don't think there was one that was longer. For sure. So seeing one that was 51... I think year, he had a 53... That's what I said. Okay, yes. 53. Yeah, sorry. I was reading yeah. the chat. They, uh, uh, they said it's definitely, it was not in the dome. So it was Arizona State was home. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So there you go. Um, but if he's able to hit a 51-yarder, I mean, there you go. It's it's it. And there was, there was a little bit more room to spare. It took, it it, it was definitely, you didn't know when it was in yeah. the air, but it, yeah. it had had some room. For sure. So it's, and it was on. It was on target. Yeah, it wasn't like it was scraping the, scraping the side of the post. I mean, so. like I wrote in the takeaways, if they get a consistent kicker, to go along with this offense, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gonna be mean. It's um, gonna be. I guess moving on. Underachievers. Underachievers. Who you got? So, one underachiever. I guess I can just throw them all in. Run game slash O line. <laughs> the, the, the whole st- okay. Because um, I think they go hand in hand, and we talked about this last last week too. If if who That's we true. thought was going to be an underachiever you this can't season, really pick on one. and uh, if the O line was just above average, I feel like the run game would be fine. Yeah. Um. Because ba- I'm not saying the backs are bad. The backs are, are solid backs. The backs just, seem, like, seem like solid they're, backs. They're, they're just not going to make something out of nothing. Something out of nothing like, like Jeffrey Wilson could. Correct. So um, I think that that has to get better um, throughout the season. Maybe not necessarily to keep Mason Mason. Yeah. But just because you can't keep relying on the pass every single week. For sure. Um, For sure. And if you're running the ball, how many times was it? Uh, uh, let's, uh, it was about 31 times. For 68 yards, then, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I, mine kind of goes hand in hand with yours. I'll say the offensive line because, like I said, I was not impressed with Jordan Murray or any of the other offensive linemen that went out there to start the game. 
Um, I hope they go back to the starting five that they had to um, at throughout all of camp. Why change it the, the game of? It makes no sense to me. No idea why. I just... Jordan Murray... I've talked... I've listened into a press conference with Chuck Langston, the off-the-line coach. Mm-hmm. There must have been something. I really want to know why. I'll probably talk to Chuck at some point uh, this week. Or maybe I'll ask Seth. Whoever I can get my hands on, I'm asking... Just somebody. <laughs> I'm asking why they made that change. Because it just makes no sense to me why you would do that the whole time. There had to be someone got in trouble. Either someone got in trouble, someone got hurt, someone got sick. Something, something happened. Yeah. You don't just make it that change no the day of. But then again, everyone was suited up. So yeah. I, it makes no sense to me why that happened. Um, your turn. Um, My second one. Man, it's so hard. Uh... I'll do, I'll do, um, also, we didn't shout out DeAndre Torrey for his uh, kick return, 96-yard uh, oh, kick yeah. return touchdown. Yeah, that was good. He's important. He can play. Yeah, special he teams. Can play. Special, throw, throw with with your uh, third top performer, throw in the special teams of that. Because okay. I think, right. I think for that everyone they, keeping track at home, special, it's no longer just Cole Headland. It's, it's, it's special teams. Because, so, I mean, they did. They had, that, they had the <laughs> first, first kick return since uh, 2014, I think. Um, kick return touchdown. Probably. Yeah, so 2014 and Cole Hedlund hitting those yeah. three field goals. So. The, um, also, one other tidbit is uh, Nick Smith had a catch as well uh, for a touchdown. He yeah. had the third touchdown from Mason Fine. So two went to Jalen Guy and one went to Nick Smith out of the backfield. Just so everyone's aware. Aware. Yeah. Um, kind of, let's see, my second under underachiever. <sighs> Got to get creative with this since... It, it was a damn good performance. Yeah, it's hard. It's tough. Um, I'm going to go with Keegan Brewer. Oh, okay. And, um, That's an interesting kind of feels bad because he was fine as a receiver, I think. But he had a, a muffed punt. But that they, oh, were, yeah. they, were, they recovered it, though. He was a punt returner towards the end of the game. Fumble, muffed it. They recovered it. Uh, kind of worries me because that means Jalen Darden will have to return every punt. Can't really put Keegan Brewer out there. Um he did have some catches though, receiving wise he was fine. Um, but punt, I mean to muffle punt, that 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 doesn't sit well with me. No, especially I agree. when he's supposed to have really good and trusted hands. So, kind of an underachiever for me there. Oh, uh, man. Uh, again, this is getting tough. Um, I guess this is more more so because of the other receivers are doing so well. But I'm gonna say Michael Lawrence. Okay, that's um, good. Yeah, yeah. It's true. It, I feel like he should have had, you know, three catches, something like that. That's something against his um, defense. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. But it, it could it could just be because Rico and Jalen were just. I mean, they were there every time. And, they were. Um, but Michael Lawrence, one catch. So, <laughs> I feel like he should have more <laughs> underachieving. Underachieving. Uh, my other underachieving, last underachieving performance is going to be to the uh, whoever in whoever was in when SMU scored 23 points. I think okay. Second, right, that's fair. second and third string that's defense fair. starters. I don't know who. I'll go back. I'll probably watch the game again at some point this week. But whoever the hell was in when they let me that score twenty three <laughs> points in the last nine minutes of the game, that's my other underachiever uh, for the game. That's probably my main underachiever actually for the game because uh, Troy Troy Refford, the defense coordinator, had to destroyed them. Was not happy. Okay. I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know if you saw it. I didn't see it. No, I, I, I was going up. Man. Whew. That's he, tough. He brought them in around him so that way nobody else could see them. He was... Tearing him a new one? Woo! 
it was bad. <laughs> he was not happy. Ooh, it's, I'm, I'm going to try to talk to him on Tuesday or Wednesday, but we'll see. We'll see if he's getting a better mood. Man, I don't, I don't have a third one. You got, you got to give me a third one. <laughs> we don't look. I don't make the rules here. I'm sorry. Give but me, it's, a, it's your give breakdown. me a third one. Okay. Uh, let's go through. Let's go through. Let's I mean, you through. can go through people on the depth chart. I know, but I'm going through on this real fast just to see if there's anything just sticking out randomly. Man, see, I have a name, but I don't want to say it because I'm not sure if it's actually underachieving. I just wanted more from Nate Brooks. Okay, just because he didn't get a pick six. Like no, not because he didn't get a pick six. Just because he didn't get a pick six. Okay, just wanted more. So you wanted more. I okay. just wanted more. Okay. All right, we'll leave it at that. Uh, next, we have breaking records, and this is a couple things. One, Mason High, Mason, well, oh. Mason Fine. <laughs> don't 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 who, disrespect his name. Who we talked about <laughs> at length this podcast, Mason Fine. We have talked about at length, so we don't need to get too far into him again. But forty for fifty. Um, his career previous high. career high in uh, completions was 33, 40 breaks it by seven. Obviously, no interceptions on 50 attempts. That's probably a record. That's not for sure, but it's that's probably, probably a record. De- definitely a record for him. 444 yards, definitely a record for him. Um, so those three, definitely a record for him. Uh, but then if you continue, kind of another reason it was a record-breaking night was because of the attendance, Man, which we yeah. mentioned earlier, 29,519. I wasn't on the field. You were on the field. Could it was you loud. tell, and did it look like it? Okay. Go ahead. Enlighten us all. Okay. The, t- the 29,519 people, I heard that there were some shuttle problems, apparently. Something like that. Oh, no. Saw that on Twitter because the fan was mad and added Ren, and I guess Ren's taking care of it. But okay. it did not seem as... As like as many people um, that were there at the UTSA game, UTSA was. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, feel like we'll remember the UTSA game. The, the, the UTSA the UTSA game had, and it just looked. I mean, just looked like a lot more people. The 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 tail or whatever you want to call. It, oops, the tail or whatever you want to call it actually had. Why do you have that pin in your hand still? Actually, had. You remember people, when you got mad at me last year for having a pin in my listen, hand the whole time? Listen, and now because you sit here and do and this. Now you're, that's what you're doing. Give me the pin. Take the pin. Damn. <laughs> um, so, so the 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 wing or the the tail, whatever you want to call it, yeah, it was almost full. I think it's the UCSA game. Okay, we'll call it the tail. Go ahead. Um, and it was just kind of halfway, quarterway um, filled, and it just didn't seem loud. I agree on the part that it didn't seem loud. UTSA, there was energy. I mean, everybody. Obviously, though, when you go ninety-eight yards in under a minute, but <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, even even throughout the game, here's. At the UTSA game, it just sounded way louder. It's, yeah. It just seemed like there wasn't a lot of people there. I think two things. To- I think one, last year, there was obviously it was more middle of the season area when they played UTSA, and there was more excitement behind that game, obviously because there was built up. You know, people yeah. weren't just getting. To this school. is built up too. You it can't. Was you built can, up, but it was built up by more so. I feel like it was more built up by alumni and older, I, not I students. So. I, don't I don't think, think so. students. I don't think so. UNT and UTSA do not the, like each okay, other. Okay, there is. I, you, that is but, a bigger rivalry but, but, than this. But UNT and SMU don't like each other either, and especially whenever you're a senior now, whatever, whoever is a senior now, they saw the game first or the uh, McCartney's last year. They saw the Mason's fine first game. They saw last season's game. I, you have I agree. To be, you can't. But I don't think that. I feel like last year. And just the culture at the two schools are completely different. That, that 
UNT people hate SMU people. It's true, but I think from an athletic standpoint, I think that UNT hates UTSA more so. And I think last year with UT with with North Texas kind of getting the energy behind them and kind of actually like taking off, I feel like a lot of people showed up and were actually wanting excited to watch that football game. I feel like a lot of people maybe showed up to this game that were students that weren't 100% into the game and so that's my first point. The second point is how quickly this game got over. I think okay, that's S- fair. SMU played like crap. It was a boring um, game. And after, it was a boring game. After the first quarter, it was a boring game. Yeah, no, I, I mean, agree. So I agree. That's, that's a good point. Second through fourth quarter, I can understand I, completely. I don't think the rivalry point, I don't think the rivalry with UTSA is so much greater. I think it is greater than uh, the SMU rivalry, but I don't think it's it's above and beyond such a bigger rivalry than the SMU That's to make it. But but I do think I do think the game got boring. I mean we even saw it. it. I mean the crowd was halfway gone at third it was. quarter. It so. was a lot of people stayed though till the end though. So I will Oh give yeah them for that. wrestling, by the way. Yeah. But a lot I mean, I'd not, stay for wrestling. I stayed for wrestling. It's true. Not all of them stayed for wrestling though. Wrestling didn't have as big You as stayed I for wrestling. I, I did stay for wrestling. We all stayed for wrestling. You know who else <laughs> stayed for wrestling? Graham Harrell. Graham Harrell was there. I saw it. Graham Harrell was there. I think Seth was there too. Seth said Ren was there. Ren was there? I'm, I'm sure Ren was, was there. Why wouldn't he be? That's a big deal. Um, so breaking oh, well, records. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I think it's also important that the attendance was this big for the first game of the season. because And it was a record rating. Because if you don't... The excitement last year... That means the excitement last year carried over. I agree. It's, it's not, it's not going to be like they went 5-6 and six and they ended up with like a 21,000 at the end of that season. And yeah. the next season there's like... 13,000. Yeah. It's, it's the excitement's carried over. UNT's becoming a athletic school, kind of. Yeah. The under Ren. And yeah. people are starting to buy buy into the, okay, I, I don't mind football being good here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, the student section was packed. Most students I've ever seen here. Um, this and the UTSA game last year were, were close. We're hand-in-hand as far as best crowds that I've ever seen. Yeah. I agree, obviously, the UTSA game was uh, more involved but i also think that was a much better game yeah this, I, I agree oh uh, yeah was. yeah but, yeah so new and improved what do we have that about again the, the team the oh new look team new look the yeah. same same okay. people new look so <laughs> i mentioned this in the um one of the big plays of the game that didn't score north texas a single point was the two-point conversion attempt when they were up 33-0 which was interesting did you have a problem with that? I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, I don't know why anyone should have a problem with it. Um, but, I mean, if you think about it... You don't understand why people would be, be mad at it? Okay, it's disrespect. What? So you do understand why I understand, would... but I don't think it's a problem. I, I, I agree, too. At first, it kind of caught me off guard. I was like... Oh, yeah, it caught me off guard because I was like, why is Mason still out there? I was like, what but the heck? But it happened in the third quarter. Um, the game was over. It was thirty-three to zero. Basically, I don't even know how late it was. In the third thirty-three quarter. to thirty-three to zero, with six minutes left in the fourth in the third quarter. Yeah. So I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, well they're trying to get up to thirty-five, so that way you're comfortably ahead by five scores. Yep. And you're not, if they score five touchdowns, you're not losing. So it made sense to me. Um, the SMU people to my left uh, were not very happy. I think that's more of just because they were down thirty-three to zero. Yeah. I, Going for it. If, they, if, if SMU did it, they wouldn't have a problem. Of course not. But <laughs> it's SMU. Um, but so that was kind of 
interesting. Seth Patrol said after the game that they just went off their chart. That's what their chart said to do. That's what the analytics said to do is to try to get those points. I'm okay with it. But, but yeah, I don't, I don't really think it's a Anyways, that's not even the story. The story is what they did on that play. Yes. Completely they, different um, than what we've seen. Mason Fine takes the snap. I'm not going to remember exactly what happens, but Mason Fine takes the snap. I think he fakes a handoff because I thought they were running. I, I couldn't see. I was, in the, I, I was on the end zone. So either he fakes the handoff or not. It doesn't matter. But then he turns. Through it. Throws the ball to either Rico or Jalen. I'm not going to. And then lateral. And then was it. It was a lateral. Was it easily or was it Nick? or One of the backs comes over. It might have been Jalen. I'm not sure. One, one of them quick guys comes over the top. If you're watching on the stream, you can understand. So they catch it. They come over the top, and he shovels it to him behind yeah. him. He pitches it to him yeah. behind him. And if whoever that was catches it cleanly, it's an easy two points. Yeah. Thing is, he drops it though, and no, they don't. They end up not scoring it. But that kind of showed me that they've been working on some stuff that we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Whether it's offense, whether yeah. it's conversions, whether it's fourth downs. They have stuff, and they have Mason, Graham, Seth all talked about it over the fall that this offense has has expanded its playbook a little bit. They have some more in the tank than what they had last year. And so it's the same offense, but it's a different offense in terms of what they're going to be doing. I think by the time LaTeX comes around week five, this offense is going to be looking Sharp. Quite different than yeah. it was last year, and we're gonna see a few more plays, different plays, creative plays than we did last year. Yeah, I agree. So um, I and we saw it again on the Kelvin Smith play too. Yeah, we did. Um, and yeah, uh, like we talked about. even even on the uh, Rico Bussy at the longest catch, the twenty-two yard. Yeah. Or twenty? Was it twenty-two? Twenty-nine. Twenty-two. No, oh, twenty-two. Yeah, Rico's longest. Yeah, yeah, that, that I mean that got everybody too the play action. Yeah. And yeah. it I mean it the offense was just unpredictable. Every yep. time it wasn't going to the same receiver, like we've seen in the like last season, it was always either just one of the receiver having a big game, everyone else kind of being quiet. Um, yeah, but everyone got some love today. Yeah, to have four or last night. I keep to have saying four today. receivers of five plus catches is huge. So yeah, we'll so. see if that stays up. Next, we have our second to last section: something or nothing. We have five something or nothings here. Um, let's do it. Let's 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 rip through this. All right. Okay. Here we go. First, we love Twitter. Twitter's great. Twitter's great. Um, We love trying to decide what tweets mean on this show. Okay. You're getting a little cryptic now. This this was not a cryptic tweet, even though I wish it was, because that would make this a lot more interesting. But EJ tweeted, the thing is, we just getting started. Kind of, this is more something or nothing to say, is he telling the truth? Will this defense continue to put up performances like this throughout the season? Against teams of this quality or below, I'm not gonna say they're gonna do this against FAU, but against of this quality, against, yeah, against reasonable teams, against every team besides FAU and Arkansas, will they be shutting them down like this? Something or nothing. I don't know how that's something I think, or nothing, but that's, I'm gonna make it. I think that. the defense. Okay, I think it's something. Okay. I, I don't think it's nothing. I think the defense is new. New. I think uh, not new, but it's improved. Improved for sure. Um, they're not gonna shut out a team to zero points. I don't think that'll happen again. I agree. Um, but I I do think that it's not going to be a 38-35 game every week. I I think it, it I think the defense will will get their will get what they're going to get 
and they'll get it'll be like a 20 yeah. 20 points against them every yeah. game i kind of predicted as well before the season that they were going to force a lot more turnovers especially through the air um along with sacks so i think that their ability to make plays as a defense is going to go up as well throughout the season so i'll agree with you that is something um but i to to, to keep teams at under three touchdowns or like just just quiet them the way that they were able to quiet yeah. this team i don't think they're gonna be able to gonna be able to do that against liberty or um la tech or teams like that just on the beginning of the ske- part of the schedule or arkansas for that matter so i think it's something that they have confidence and something that they're able to like you said start the season off with just the performance that they had but yeah it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna take some i, work I think this offense won't be a 35 points won't give up 35 points a game i think it'll be more you think like the defense won't the defense uh, sorry defense i don't think okay. the defense will give up more than 35 i, th- I think it's going to be like a 20 25 if they points hold per people game. to 20 points per game call 25 okay 20 25 i said that 20 25 to 30 say 25 to 30. i'm saying 20 25 there's no way they hold people to 20 points unless whatever what are you, what are Shake you putting on your it. hand out for because i we're, we're documenting that this happened that they're holding people to 20 points or less per 20, game 20 25 see that's it's a it's a range and in between that range (laughs) next something or nothing (laughs) is uh something or nothing um that smu scored three touchdowns against unt's defense that's supposed to have quote-unquote more depth than it has before am i going first or you going first i'll go first okay um i think it's something and it kind of shows it kind of it kind of calls the bluff that North Texas has been putting up throughout this offseason. Oh, stop it. That their defense has stop a lot it. more depth. They don't have that much more depth. They just have more players that can't, stop it. can't really stop play. It. I don't know how to say this nicely, but I just don't think they have the depth that they say they have. They have good depth as far as one. They have an extra corner who can play. They can have defense, an extra defense lineman who can play linebacker spot they're all right but i mean they they're still young a lot of the depth is young first of all yeah and then i mean a lot of the depth i feel like showed that they might not be ready to play last night so i think it's nothing you don't think it's nothing the game was over everyone was in that we won at our uh at it or mentality i mean they're they're gonna go out there and play, but the game's over. They're not playing well, for anything. Tell Troy Refford it was Tro- okay. No, no, tell I don't, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm saying you can't show show me show me this whenever they're they're needed. You know what I'm saying? If if like Nate Brooks or if if somebody goes down, when when they get plugged into their bad, okay, then that's fine. Okay. But in, I don't think in this scenario you can say that it's something. I disagree. I think it's definitely something. They need it's to something. they need to get themselves get in get it together. Second and third string corners and safeties i mean point at the camera and tell them no. <laughs> i have to go talk to them on tuesday or wednesday not them because they're not starters but <laughs> what's worse <laughs> but it, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter okay next next um something or nothing rico bussy leading the team in catches and yards Ooh. in game one you go first Ooh, i like this one i think this is something so you think he keeps it up i think I think I, he keeps. He's. It's not going to be Jalen Guyton every game. Basically, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of saw this toward the end of last season, or halfway through last season, when Jalen Guyton started getting uh, double covered and, yeah. you know, not getting 100 plus yards a game. Um, I think 
Rico is going to be kind of challenging him for being that number one receiver. Yes. Um, obviously, Jalen's not regressing or anything like that. Oh, no, it's not. just Rico's just getting better, way better than yeah. than what he was last year. And uh, um, this isn't a bad thing; it's a good thing. I think I don't think I, agree. I don't think it's it's like oh no, Jalen's not going to get his. <laughs> Jalen's going to be just fine. Jalen, we saw that fine. last night. Um, and it's just Rico's going to be there too, and Mason's just going to have. A so lot of yards and, a, and so yeah, weapons. exactly. And it's he's going to have another receiver that he can just toss the ball up to, or you know, trust that he's open when mm-hmm. he just has to throw the ball. So yeah. um, I definitely think it's something, but I do not think it's a bad thing. All right, I'll agree with you and say that it's something. Um, I think Rico Busty certainly could lead this team in catches because I feel like Jalen Guyton has been kind of. I'm not going to say he's been reduced to a deep threat, but he's definitely has a bigger impact on the game when he's going deep and when he's pushing the safeties back or he's making teams account for him deep. So that might lower his catches, and it will lower his catches than if he was just a normal uh, slant player like Jalen Darn, Michael Lawrence, or whatever. Um, but I think he's definitely more valuable going deep. And Mason is not afraid to throw him the ball, though. So no, he just didn't have to last night. I think he'll definitely... Seven catches, 95 yards, two touchdowns. You could argue that's the best game of any receiver from last night. Yeah. Uh, he just didn't have the most catches or yards. So, I, again, I think he'll be an end zone threat. I think he'll lead the team in touchdowns. But I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't lead the team in catches. So, something for me as well. Yep. Um, um, yeah, we'll, we'll go here. So, something or nothing, the Kimon Hall pick six. Something I want to ask with this. Is something or nothing? Kimon Hall playing the best game as a, of the, of all the of all the corners yesterday, of both the corners yesterday between him and Eric Jenkins. Eric Jenkins. What I say? Nate. <laughs> okay. Eric Jenkins was last year. Um. Look, we. I left the press box at about two 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 a.m. yesterday. Chill out. It was. Chill out. The grind. The grind. Is real <laughs> um. Right. So Kimon Hall picks it. You start, you start. It's your, it, it's your turn to go first. Uh, Kimon Hall having a great game the way he did, I think it's certainly something, and I wouldn't be surprised. <sighs> no, I would be surprised, actually. So I'll say it's nothing. I'm changing my answer. I'm going to say it's nothing wow. because I can't see. I think Nate Brooks just physically is a bigger, more imposing cornerback that you can put on number one receivers. So I'll say that Kimon Hall continues to have a great year, continues to have a good year. I'm not going to say great as the second corner, but... Nate Brooks, I think, stays that as long as he doesn't do anything. Are like you saying something or nothing of last night, or of the like? Who should be the number one? Something or nothing. Kimon Hall having a better game than Nate Brooks. Well, he had a better game last night than Nate Brooks. Yeah. Is that something or nothing? Oh, something. Okay, that's what I was Going asking. Forward. Going yeah, forward. Yeah, that's what I was asking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really write write out the whole question. No. Yeah. So, okay. I see what you're saying now. But, so the question yeah. is. Will Kimon Hall have a better season than Nate Brooks? Yes, correct. Okay. After what we saw last night. Right, okay. No, I don't think so. So nothing? I think, I th- yeah, I think I think Nate was just overshadowed. And this is why I had him on that quote-unquote underachievers. Just yes, because did. Nate didn't have an interception or whatever. Um, I think his, his performance was just overshadowed because it's not like, he, you know, his receiver had catches. He For didn't. Sure. So For sure. um, Nate Brooks, as long as, like you said, he doesn't do anything where he's jumping routes for non-existent yeah. interceptions... He's going to be what he was, I think, his sophomore campaign, um, if not better, hopefully. Um, it, he's just physically, just he's he's, he's a corner. Yeah, he's like he's, he's physically good. a corner, and uh, um, I think he'll have a good season. Um, Kimon's also going to have a good season. I don't. It's not like Kimon's going to be 
bad or anything, but I just don't think he's going to surpass sure. what Nate Brooks has in the tank. So. For sure. Last something or nothing. <laughs> something or nothing. Okay, no, here's, here, here's how I'll phrase it. Was the wrestling match after the game something or nothing to you? I need to know <laughs> why is this. I need why to, is this part of something? Or I need to know what you thought of the wrestling match because I know you watched it. We both watched it in the press box. What did you think of it? <laughs> it was great entertainment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, say say what you were saying last night. It was. It was. It was entertaining to see people be a knockoff WWE. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, boys! Oh no. What was amazing to me look, is that like a thousand people stayed to watch. Look, look, you don't have to understand it, but people Listen, enjoy for, it. Fourth grade me, sure, sure. No, seriously though, we're gonna get, we're gonna get like like if I we're, we're getting an email from Rin. No, no, I th- no, I think it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying for me, like I'm okay. not gonna I'm not gonna stay after and watch people set up a ring for like an hour after the game and then. See, I think a big thing for us though is we don't have the history or the background in wrestling to even know who these people are. Maybe if we knew who That's they fair. were. That's fair. Okay. It's like it's That's like fair. it's that... like a non-football player watching a a seven-on-seven game or something like that, and like okay. or like a flag football game between yeah, like. That's fair. Okay. It's like Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Eli Manning have a flag football game, and for, non-football watchers okay. are like, oh. For me, for me personally, game. I think it's nothing. Now for the program, or program, I don't know what you what I should what athletic I should say. department. Okay, athletic department. It, I think it's something. I mean, people stayed. They it did. was entertaining to those people. I mean, they were cheering. I mean, they were out there. They were. I mean, they had their mean green pom-pom things yeah. flailing around. I mean, they were out there. They, they liked it. So, I mean, in terms of the, the those 1,000 to 2,000 people All that right, might listen, stay, listen, we're sure. cutting you off. It was definitely something. Okay. And I'm not even <laughs> and, and I'm not even a wrestling fan. I know people who are wrestling fans. I do, too. But literally, I was trying to write my recap yesterday or in the press box, and I just could not stop watching it. No, no, I it was, was like, it was it, it was cool a to chair watch. Out underneath there. Oh, I didn't see that. I was I was going by. Someone that point. was got DDT as Seth Luttrell likes to say. <laughs> Seth, oh man! It was and then like I a, saw Graham in there, not in there, but in the vicinity. Man, if it was if it was like Graham and Luttrell, we need Graham versus Seth or no 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 Graham and Seth tag team against 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 Ren and Ren who Ren and. Ren and Jared Mosley. I don't know if you know who Jared Mosley is. He's a uh, one of the uh, assistants. Jared Mosley and Ren against Graham. And Jared Mosley's pretty tall too. He's like six five. Oh gosh. So actually, that's a pretty good. Put <laughs> that up actually. Uh, but no, yeah, I'm surprised we didn't get any uh, Graham Harrell in in the ring action. But that's okay. That's all right. So lastly, we want to talk about since we only do this every Sunday, we're, we want to talk about. The next game for North Texas, which is against the University of the Incarnate Word from oh, my man. hometown of San Antonio. We should have went there. You don't have a, it's a private school. It's expensive. It's not my as problem. can be, man. I, <laughs> I swear. But anyways. Would you have gone if you had the money? No. Okay. No, I love, right. I love my North Texas. All right, there you go. <laughs> Even though I didn't know anything about North Texas before I came here. <laughs> it's rip. Literally, I had no Were you a UTSA fan? Not re- not really. They just got a football program like five years ago, six years ago. I mean, I, I would support them. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But you're I, not supporting I didn't have, them now. I didn't have a tie you're not, you're not supporting them now, though. No, right? no. All right. No, so I was. I'm. We had to I'm, make sure on the Bruni's Breakdown podcast. No, that I'm, we, I'm a we I'm a that. UT fan from a kid as a kid. I was a UT fan as a kid. Man, good thing they're doing bad. 
Yeah, so all my teams are doing <laughs> poorly. All my teams. My main team is doing poorly, UT. Uh, but UNT, Dang, you just called them your main team. But you, UNT is not my side team or anything like that. What is it? It can't be your main team. Anyways, you better switch the two. <laughs> UIW preview. Uh, UIW went 1-11 last year in the FCS in the Southland Conference. Uh, they were one of the worst defenses in the FCS last year, especially stopping the run. They were god-awful. I bet they got better this year. They have a new coach as well. Uh, <laughs> Chad Morris. I, I, oh, damn, I'm what? not going to remember his name completely. Let me let me look up his name real quick. Okay. Because And you tell me what you love about San Antonio while we're here. never been to San Antonio. Why haven't you been to San Antonio for me? Because I, uh... You haven't been to San Antonio? No. I moved here seven years ago. Oh, grew- that's right. Okay. Okay. Another thing, too, which is kind of bad, I've never been to Dallas. Like, downtown Wait, Dallas. Yeah. Never found a reason to go. Unless you count being to the American, uh, American Airlines Center, being downtown Dallas. But I'm not I sure. I mean, it is, but it's not... Okay, that's the only... That's the Okay, that is the only place I've been to in downtown Dallas. I've been to downtown Fort Worth. have never been to Dallas. Unless I'm driving through at the American Airlines Center. Huh. Yeah. So. I mean, I've only been there to uh, when I worked at the DMN, but... Yeah, I mean, so so I am not well-versed in uh, places in Texas. I'm sorry. I've been to Austin, been to downtown Austin. It's a nice place. Haven't been to San Antonio. Sorry. Um, but one thing I really do love about San Antonio is the fact that the Spurs are not going to be the Spurs anymore because I am a Pistons fan. <laughs> um However, that is a double-edged sword because now he's in the Eastern Conference. Okay, that's, so <laughs> that's enough. Sorry, I just had to throw it that was, in there. Um, I love Manu. Yeah, he, he, he's gone, buddy. I know he's gone, but I still love Manu. You're going to get a cool, cool um, mural out of it. We did. We got yeah. a cool mural. Bro, where is this preview? What are you looking for? I'm looking for this preview. Is this it? No, it's gone. Whatever. Anyways, Incarnate Word got a new coach. I'm not gonna remember his name. I thought it was Chad Morris. He's, he was a receivers coach at Texas Tech. He's obviously an offensive guy, so he's gonna bring some offense to UIW. Hey, but they were terrible at both offense and defense last year. Worst at de- worst at defense. Um, one and eleven in the FCS. How'd they get moved up? They're D1. They didn't. This is an FCS team. We're playing an FCS team. I thought you said they moved up. Is this your first? No, that's Liberty. That's Liberty. Okay. Liberty okay, got sorry. Liberty I got confused. went from FCS to FBS. That's the. That's their first year. Liberty beat the brakes off of Old Dominion as well um, week one. But anyways, That's tough. Anyways. UIW preview I think is really simple. And that the game will be over by the second quarter. No, it'll be over before the first quarter ends. It's going to be – It's there's not much preview for this game. If you, I'll write a preview. I'll have a preview up on 24-7 sports for this game. But there's not too much to write about because UIW – had one of the worst defenses, had one of the worst teams in all of FCS last year. Yeah. Got a new coach. Didn't return much. Not sure what they're going to be. You, North Texas is probably just going to... We're probably going to see a lot of Quinn Chambor, Kate oh. Pearson. Yeah. Cason uh, might get a look. Cason will probably use one of his four games up. Yeah, he might get a look. <laughs> so, I mean, there's not, not too much to preview for this. I... If you want a full in-depth preview, I'll have a preview out by Wednesday. Yeah, this is this is just going to be just just count the but W. Just I, throw I, it I love talking about future games, and we will definitely talk about Liberty after or Arkansas on next week's yep. podcast. Which, by the way, are we going to that game? We are definitely going to that game. Okay, so Bruni's breakdown will be there. <laughs> Bruni's breakdown is traveling. Yeah, we're gonna go to that game, and we'll have a full preview on that next week. But right now, I don't think Incarnate Word 
warrants a real uh, no. a breakdown of who their left It's going to be a trouncing. They're just going to get... It's going to be bad. Yeah. So anyways... Um, any any questions in the chat? Yeah, make it go all the way over here. I don't think so. I would have seen it. I don't know. No. Well, hey. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sounds good. <laughs> all right. Well, you can follow him on Twitter. You can follow Colin on Twitter at CJH Mitchell. Yep. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Bruni25. We will be live next week at the same time. Thank you for listening, whether it's on the podcast or live on Twitch, whether it's a replay. However, you're consuming this, we thank you. Um, hope you enjoyed all of our content and feel free to leave us a uh, How do you say on Twi- Twitch? A follow? A follow. A follow. Leave us a follow. Yeah. That's important. And, and turn on the notifications too. And turn on notifications. Yeah. I need to get better at this. <laughs> All right. Exactly. Both of those. Uh, you can also follow us on SoundCloud as well at Bruni's Break yep. at Bruni's Breakdown Podcast. We'll be everywhere. We'll be live. Uh, check out all my content from last night's game on my Twitter and on 24-7 Sports. Uh, mean Green 24-7 is what it's called. So it's all there. Hope you all have a great week, and we'll see you next week. After the dub. After, yeah, after the dub. So talk to you all then. We'll be talking about Case and Martin as the top performer. All right. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right. See you all.